Hi, friends. Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. And I'm so excited for this week's episode where we will be discussing Bubble Stand and Ripped Pants, two <laughs> unbelievably iconic episodes. And I, I, f- I feel, I feel, and Hector, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but like, I feel like I'm just going to keep saying every week an unbelievably <laughs> iconic episode, you Listen, know? Fingers crossed we get to do this podcast for 12 years yeah. and keep it going. Uh, but the but the real fun thing is, is that while Frankie and I are revisiting this first season, we're go- we are going to think every episode is iconic because to us it is. Yeah. And it factually is. They're all so <laughs> iconic. And if we get to keep doing the show, I'm sure that when we hit seasons four, five, nine, eleven, that we'll be watching episodes that maybe Frankie and I didn't rewatch as much when we were younger and we'll be like these are amazing too like these are these are great too so just please bear with us audience let frankie and i believe that every single one of these is a classic because it is to us and um and just let us live in it man we're loving it and I think you did touch on something because I, I I don't remember this, but like obviously when we were kids, there weren't this many SpongeBob episodes, mm-hmm. and we know Nickelodeon loves to rerun a hit. Oh, oh so yeah! So I can't even imagine how many times when I was young this episode was actually being aired. It was probably aired like once a week for Absolutely. like you know a couple of years of my life. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's start with Bubble Stand. Bubble um, Stand. Bubble Stand. It's almost like Bubble Stand. Like oh, I stand bubbles. You know, <laughs> which SpongeBob um, is a bubble stand. <laughs> He certainly is. On top of being able to build a bubble stand. Hashtag bubble stand. Use it in all of your tweets, uh, along with SpongeBob bitch pants. So, in the episode Bubble Stand, we are introduced to SpongeBob's love for bubbles, as well as Squidward's terrible clarinet playing. Uh, Squidward is having a lovely day playing his clarinet, and of course is annoyed when SpongeBob decides to build and then start to blow bubbles. He offers bubble lessons to his friends, Patrick and Squidward, and of course is amazing himself and Squidward gets jealous and tries to get in on the fun to some very exciting and very interesting consequences. So <laughs> let's get into Bubble Stand. Ah. Hey, Squidward, want to blow some bubbles? Only 25 cents. All right. Like I would spend a moment of my time blowing bubbles. Uh-huh. Oh, please. I mean, who in the world would pay to blow bubbles? Good morning. Frankie, rewatching this, what'd you think? What'd you think? What are your overall thoughts on the classic bubble stand episode? My overall thoughts were, which we were talking about a little bit earlier, is like I remembered all of the things. Like when he was like, when he was like, step on your right foot, don't forget it. Ring it around town, around town. I was like, I remember all of this. And uh, uh, double take three times. One, two, three. And it's like, that was just such an iconic moment. And also, I feel like this is the episode where we first understand that SpongeBob has magic powers. <laughs> like, he is Harry Potter. He's underwater yep. sponge Harry Potter because you because you can't do that with bubbles. But like mm-hmm. he and then we find out later that he can create humans out of bubbles and like have family. They can have families and interact with each other. Like SpongeBob has a wand. Mm-hmm. It is a bubble wand. And he ha- he has magic powers. It it reminds me of the amazing film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh my which God. is this great love letter to cartoon history where Roger Rabbit gets in handcuffs and he can't get out of them. And then later, <laughs> it, the, the, the human counterpart 
in this movie that's trying to help him get out of the 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 handcuffs like roger just slips out to hand him something or whatever yeah. to help him to assist yeah. him to hold it and he's like you mean you could have done this the entire time and he's like not unless it was funny, funny. like yes. that's the cartoon logic the magic that you're describing is spongebob can do anything as long as it's funny <laughs> yeah exactly because there's moments where he's like completely incapable of doing the mm-hmm. simple task that is assigned to him by mr Krabs or whatever mm-hmm. and like it becomes this large production but you're right if it's funny then it then he has magic powers if it's funny for him to show up with an impossible <laughs> spatula that doesn't yes! exist he's gonna show up with that spatula and he's gonna be like it was the last one on the stand <laughs> like like last one on the shelf like that's so true he is magical and uh his also his let's talk about some other old cartoons his amazing bubble blowing did kind of remind me of like the the segments from uh from dumbo elephants i was gonna on say parade. pink elephants on parade and i was it's, waiting which for is you scary it's a trip but it. like just the animation i feel that that the animators for this episode could definitely have been inspired by that classic bit of animation bum, 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 from from bum, dumbo bum, 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 so scary bum, 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 i know nightmare yeah. inducing too yes. scary if you're listening to this and you're like oh i haven't shown my kids dumbo yet check make sure they're like 14 <laughs> make sure they're ready also like it just starts with like the the sad mom song and the baby oh, being ripped much. from her mom. my mother and i used to baby mine don't you cry if i sing that to her now she will just start like uncontrollably weeping because mm-hmm. it was so so sad oh my <sighs> god but yes yeah, i do so- I, it's Absolutely what I thought about when when very hysterically Spongebob blows that gigantic elephant. And I know you love this part. So you can tell you what Patrick says, because I know how much you love this part. He goes, <laughs> it's a giraffe. <laughs> I scream laughed rewatching this last night. Scream it, laughed at that. So do you think do you think, uh, Frankie, that that is the funniest moment? Do you, do you would you say that we could award that that Patrick moment the funniest moment of this episode? I think in terms of, yeah, I think it's very possible that that is the funniest moment. Um, I think my sec, yeah, okay, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. But I do <laughs> what's, love what's the, the second funniest. What's the second I funniest? I love the repetition of the prep to blow the, the blow the bubbles, yep. and then I love like when Squidward does it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is so funny when he's making the shapes and he's like, <laughs> and he's like you mean doing like it like per- this, yeah, yeah. And, and just like the whole time, and, he, and then he screams. To blow the bubble, like he's like, ah, like in just horrible, like anger, frustration, like the way you would scream at somebody if you were having a really bad day in traffic mm-hmm. and they just cut you off. He screams and then it's perfect. The bubble is perfect. Like that to me, it was so funny. That scream, yeah. that scream was hysterical to me. I, I think the thing that we both believe is that screaming can be funny when it's done well. You know, when when, there's a lot of comedy, there's a lot of lowbrow comedy. There's a lot of stuff that's a lot of characters screaming at each other and everything. And sometimes that's funny and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can get too much. But but Nickelodeon and especially these SpongeBob geniuses, they're good at knowing when to to hit you with that surprising (laughs) decibel level, because that's what's so funny about Patrick laughing is that it's not just a dumb guy laugh which Patrick is so brilliant at, but it's specifically, it's like kind of sharp and fast because he's it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's yeah. Like, it's like, it, it, it like pops up and then comes back down. He's, it's like, uh, he's laughing at us. It's not, he's just like, <laughs> like it's yeah. that level. It's I was so going to say Squidward is the Diane Keaton of screams, you know, <laughs> she's like, ah, 
and like we're laughing at her because she's yeah. just so in control of her lost craft. <laughs> yeah, and Squidward has lost it. And and again, this is a this is a, a testament to the voice cast. They're so funny, and to be able to scream and still be funny and be in character and be in a booth and these are these are difficult skills. It's not just <laughs> anybody off the street that can just scream no. into a microphone. They're so good at what they do. Oh, so I agree. So my overall thoughts for this episode are that it is a perfect SpongeBob Squidward Patrick dynamic. Yep. Like perfect. How it's, is this the first episode it's, that, it, after it, the pilot? Yeah. I know. It, it's crazy. It's great, right? They hit us with that three-parter first 20-minute episode. Then this comes out. This is 2A and 2B. And it's like, th- it, it, this formula is already perfect. It really yeah. is. So love the episode. <laughs> love too. the funniest moments. Frankie, do you think you could pick a most heartfelt moment, most SpongeBob sweet moment, something that 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 makes our heart grow three times their size, something real nice? I like when he they're chanting for Squidward. Yeah, like, that's there's true. Something so nice because Squidward <laughs> is just so angry and so upset and just wants nothing to do with them. And they're like Squidward, Squidward, Squidward. Yeah, they're still cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that maybe they do understand in a certain way where they're just like, you know, this is how we're gonna help. And it's by being cheerleaders, no matter yeah. what our our team is going through, right? Even right. if we are like, it is like, I don't know. I'm gonna use a sports analogy that I don't understand, but if it's like <laughs> thirty to zero on the football field is that oh, a yeah. score you can do that Great. yeah for sure okay, for sure cool so if it's like 30 and like still the cheerleaders stand there and they and they still cheer you know yep. they're still cheering our team on and i felt like my heart yeah. just melted when i saw that because it was so genuine and it just it, showed who spongebob and patrick are it's so sweet too when squidward embarrasses them embarrasses both yes. of them and spongebob and patrick have this feeling of they feel really bad and they, you know, they slump their shoulders and they turn around and they're so shy and they're defeated and they're embarrassed and they walk back into the pineapple. (laughs) They walk back into SpongeBob's house and close the door. And then when Squidward tries it himself, they're immediately there at the bubble stand (laughs) ready to support. And it's not a, I told you so. It's not a sarcastic or, you know, mean-spirited chant, they are going, Squidward, 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 Squidward. Like, they're, yeah. they really are so genuine in their support of their neighbor because they're sweet boys, and yeah. they think that Squidward likes them just the same. Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand that he doesn't. So to them, they're like, hey, our third best friend, Squidward, our neighbor here, <laughs> is, is joining in, and we're going to support him. And it's like they have... To bring up another real sweet show that is that is real popular right now, Ted Lasso, they have the oh. memory of a goldfish. The SpongeBob and Patrick characters have a 16-second memory. They yep. hold no grudges. They hold no ill will towards mm. Squidward. So when Squidward joins in, yeah, they're right there to support. You're right, Frankie. That's the sweetest moment. That's pure SpongeBob. That is so, so sweet. And we've all had our Squidward moments. And I hope that we've all had our SpongeBob and Patrick moments where we've had those, you know, times where we had to cheer on people that maybe we didn't we didn't necessarily think believed in themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I think they, you know, they're just unconditional love. And Squidward in this moment is just unconditional self-loathing. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like we I've seen that play out in my life many times. So mm-hmm. it's really nice that, to have this, you know, kind of real life sad situation played out in a cartoon where we get to like oh be like oh 
That was okay. All right. Thanks for the message, you guys, mm-hmm. without hitting me over the head with it. Thank you so much. There's a lot of that in SpongeBob. There's a there's so much of that in SpongeBob. I just rewatched the first SpongeBob movie, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie that came yes. out after after three seasons of the show. And a big theme in that, and I think it's a big theme in the show, is that SpongeBob and Patrick may represent childhood and innocence and joy and fun and laughter. And sometimes people in this world will say, hey, you got to grow up. Yeah. Hey, you, you, we, we are not reliable. You can't participate in the adult world. You can't participate in this serious thing. And what I love about SpongeBob, what I love about the movie, and what I love about this episode too, is that it's a great reminder of like, no, you can. You can and should allow yourself to play at least every once in a while. And if it weren't for SpongeBob and Patrick, I think Squidward would be even more unhappy. <laughs> yes. he was, if he was a boring adult living by himself, I think he would be even more unhappy, have no release. It would be very bad for him. So I love that. I think it's great. We're a perfect example, though, you and I, yes. of adults who I've, have never stopped playing our whole lives. Like you, right. I don't know if you can't see what Hector is wearing because we're on a podcast and you're not watching the visual. But like he's wearing a beautiful pineapple shirt. He's, he has his action figures behind him. I'm the same That's way. Right. I have pops in my room. <laughs> like I have, I mean, I have so many like you know like cute mm-hmm. little um t- trinkets and toys that remind me of my childhood and i always always try to keep a sense of play and look at us we are employed adults talking exactly. to you guys and encouraging you guys to play with your lives by breaking <laughs> down spongebob so like Absolutely. we are case in point that like you know you can still have that element of magic and joy in your life no in, in mm-hmm. well into your adult into your adulthood and i think it makes you a better adult that's my just personal opinion i agree one thousand percent frankie you can have both okay i still pay my taxes i am pretty sure i have a 401k i do the boring stuff <laughs> i like pretty sure yeah i'm I like pretty, pretty sure, sure. <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. sure i have it i think it's in my bank account i don't think it's i've had to transfer it anyway i could figure that stuff out i yeah. i go to the bank listen i go to the bank i'm an adult <laughs> same we're adults but we still have a lot of fun and that's i think the moral of the story sorry you were asking me a question and i interrupted by talking about how great we are as adults <laughs> <laughs> have you used or seen a gif from this episode oh i know i have goodness i know i have which one and i've also even before gifs existed frankie i think we used to quote this in our young lives is bring it around town bring oh, it around yeah. town I have seen that GIF. I've used that GIF. It's so funny. We got to bring it around <laughs> town. town. Again, shout out to Tom Kenny and every every member of this cast. Uh, Tom and Bill are having so much fun as SpongeBob and Patrick. Back to when you were saying when they're cheering Squidward. Yeah. It's, it sounds like they're almost making themselves laugh by switching up how to pronounce Squidward. They're like, Squidward, 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 Squidward. You know, yeah. so funny. But bring it around town is yeah. so darn funny. Yeah. I, uh, it's tough to describe how funny it is. I can describe why Patrick, it's a giraffe is so funny, but it's difficult for me to to describe Frankie why bring it around town is so funny. <laughs> I think it's because like, you know, they go back to those classic commedia tropes of like repetition, mm-hmm. like repetition is funny. And so <laughs> like the, fa- and also like they, the commitment, you know, like yes. it is just so heavily committed to like it's not like bring it around town it's like bring it around 
town. And it's again. And then it's again. And then you see it again. And it's just like, oh, my God. Okay, we are we must go with you on this journey into the ridiculous. Otherwise, we will be left behind. And no one wants to be left behind. We want to laugh at that. So I do think it's just like that classic comedia trope of like, go hard and do it a lot of times and your audience will laugh. (laughs) I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Frankie, since you're on a roll here of being able to break down SpongeBob, okay. I, I love listening to you break down SpongeBob. Oh, I want to ask, you. is it possible to try and define Patrick Starr's Patrickness? Because <sighs> he is one of the, mm. if not the, single best best friend character in cartoon history. What makes him such a perfect character and friend for SpongeBob? I think you just kind of nailed it when you said single cell. I do feel like he is just, he doesn't have a processing center, you know, (laughs) as starfishes actually don't. They are just one nervous system. Like they don't actually have a brain. So it's just like their, their signals come in and then, then the the response is immediate. And I think that's just how he is in the world. It's just, it's just so pure. He has no time to analyze. Like we have that as human beings, how many times do things go into our head and then we think before we respond or like it goes Mm -hmm. into somewhere else and we decide, you know what? I'm not going to respond. This Patrick has none of that. It's just see react, see react, see react. And it's just, it's, and it's because he doesn't process anything. It is just Patrick. That's practice to me. I feel like he has um, no filter, no, no response, no, um, no response time. It's just Frankie reaction. I appreciate you bringing Professor Frankie to the table because <laughs> I forgot or did not know that about starfish but it makes sense as soon as you said that i was like oh yeah that is i know that to be true oh my god that's so funny that that's why they made the starfish the dumb character on the show (laughs) it's kind of funny i mean and you know sponges don't even have Mm -hmm. nervous systems they're just like now it makes sense okay okay, frankie's marine biology Biology corner Uh, starfishes are echinoderms and they're related to sea urchins and to, uh, sand dollars and sea cucumbers. And they are a special class of, um, underwater invertebrates. Um, and they don't have spines. Um, and they're all kind of related to each other. And sponges don't even have any sort of, you know, digestive system, nervous system, uh, star, starfishes do. And they're just, the sponges are periphera. And they actually just kind of rely on the ocean to do all the work for them so that it just kind of brings them food. It gets rid of their waste. They need the ocean. They need the waves. Wow. They need the water. So anyway, that's just, but they also don't have brains. So it's it's kind of cute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'm confused. I thought I was doing a podcast here. Am I in a marine biology class for University of California, Irvine? What's oh happening God. here? I would love to go retake and <laughs> slash go uh, teach in marine Me biology. Too. I was just scuba diving under the water in <gasps> Hawaii. And we got to talk had, about that. How oh was God, that? It was, it was just so amazing. And, you know, again, like reconnecting with all these underwater creatures, you know, I didn't get to scuba dive for the whole, whole pandemic. You know, I really didn't leave my house so it was just really magical to go back underwater and see Frankie, all are you a big are you a big sponge. scuba diver i think that's beautiful are you a big scuba diver i'm a big scuba diver wow. yeah i was certified wow. when i was a teenager so Whoa. you know to get to go back under the water it was kind of really magical and beautiful to reconnect with all those beautiful things i did see sea sponges and i did see sea stars so of course i thought about this podcast and how excited <laughs> i am to come back to it beautiful. and my fiance saw um an octopus which is not a squid but well no Whoa. it is i mean squidward is 
I don't know. He looks like an octopus. That's confusing. Yeah. We'll get to he, that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to On that. On a we'll later episode, we'll decide whether or not Squidward is actually a squid or an octopus. But we'll, we'll talk about we'll, that later. We'll get to the bikini bottom <laughs> of this for sure. For sure. Oh boy, that's so amazing. That's so much fun. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Now that I'm thinking about it. It makes perfect sense that the sponge and the starfish of this cast yeah. are the are the dummies, the lovable dummies. What do you think, Hector, is the most enduring part about this this episode? Like, what did we learn here? That you know, all a, a lot. So basically, every one of these early episodes introduces an element that will be with us for the duration of the show. Mm-hmm. And you said it at the top in the descript. You said that uh, this is the first time we get Squidward and his clarinet playing. Yeah. So I think it's so cool that built into this character is that, yes, he's he represents this kind of cynical, curmudgeon-y, grumpy, adult-type character who's got a job he doesn't love, but I, I love that he has an artistic side. Now, it doesn't sound so great to us in our ears. Right. You know, it doesn't sound that great, but Squidward loves it. Yeah. And and in this episode too, we get little glimpses of 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 um things that Squidward think is f- thinks are fun. He thinks he's funny when he sees that nobody is at SpongeBob's <laughs> bubble stand. And he goes, "Business is booming," <laughs> and he makes himself laugh. And I'm like, okay, he is not a complete grumpus. He right. is not devoid of a sense of humor. Uh, we just don't think the same things are funny. But Squidward does believe in having a good time, relaxing, doing stuff that you enjoy. It's just stuff that I'm not interested in. <laughs> and he, I, should, I think it's also amazing that like once he does like the, the the bubble prep and then blows the massive bubble for like a brief moment, he is a phenomenal clarinet player. Like he's mm-hmm. like a rock clarinet player. He's like nailing every note. He's doing like these crazy riffs and runs. And then of course that goes away, you know, like because he loses his confidence. So maybe yep. he's got it in him when he's, you know, you know, jazzed up on, on bubble juice. That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> and he also loved the the adoration he was getting from Patrick and SpongeBob, like chanting his name that he could hear from the window. He's like, huh, huh, yeah. Like he was so into yeah. it. So it's like he's got these flaws, but he also, you know, yeah, it's like you're saying he 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 he's capable of being really talented and having a great time and there's just his biggest enemy is himself come on let's be real that's what i love about this show and how they set up squidward is that his biggest enemy is not spongebob but it is himself what great lessons what great lessons to take um i'd love to point out a little bit of uh fun animation when patrick was trying to blow his first bubble Oh God! It was so <laughs> so funny, <laughs> and it's that coupled with the performance reminded me of Tea Under the Tree Dome, where SpongeBob was drying out and yes. saying like, you know, water, please, like yes. that. Coupled with the the performance, Bill Fagerbaki in this episode trying to blow a bubble. <sighs> yep. I can't, it hurts my lips. It hurts your <laughs> lips to even watch him attempt it. And I thought that the animation was stellar in that little segment. I thought it was so so funny. Are they called gross ups? Did I make that up? I don't know if you made it up. I think they might be I called like it. gross ups. I mean, those those classic kind of like Ren and Stimpy. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I don't know if, if that's what they're called, but I made it up. And I, if I if I didn't make it up, then I, I'm <laughs> correct. And if I didn't, then we will call them that. I like it. Gross ups. Gross ups. Some of the funniest moments in SpongeBob lore are those gross-ups and even if this wasn't a full-on gross-up it had the energy of a gross-up because of the way his little lips were drawn and everything so yeah. that was great and also again like a commitment to the joke right commitment like, no, full 100 commitment to the joke it didn't end <laughs> for several minutes and we just kept laughing well apparently 
This just in, Frankie, they do call them gross-ups on the crew. If you didn't make it up, take credit for it, Frankie, because it's great. I love it. I knew I heard it somewhere when I was walking around on the crew of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were rubbing shoulders with the (laughs) the people that made the show. Walking Um, through the halls, I must have heard it on one of my water breaks. I have a I have an unsolved mystery that I, about this episode that I want to ask to see if we can find out. Maybe we can ask somebody who worked on this episode or knows the show. Okay. Did Squidward give SpongeBob a fake quarter? Because he like bent it. SpongeBob yeah. bent the quarter. But then I'm thinking, wait, was it Squidward who gave him that quarter? Or because we know what Squidward's job is, was it Mr. Krabs who like gave Squidward a fake quarter as part of his payment, as part of his paycheck? I don't know. And also like... You don't bite quarters to bend yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? That's how they tested gold back in the day, and gold was supposed to bend. So mm-hmm. it's like all sorts of silliness. But I think that is a great question because none of the other quarters bent. So yeah, just the one, and about? it was it's it stayed bent when they the whole time you know, when they did the wide shot. You, you can see all of the quarters there on the table. Yeah, yep, I thought that was uh-huh. a great detail, Me an too. unsolved mystery for sure. Um, that is bubble stand. A wonderful, fantastic episode. I hope that everybody listening had as great a time as we did watching it because it was so funny. So I think now we can jump into part two of this. Oh, please. Just banger of an episode. This all-star classic. (laughs) The second part is Ripped Pants. Yay! Oh my gosh. So here's what happens real quick in Ripped Pants. SpongeBob is at the beach. He's impressing Sandy with how funny he is, which I think is great. Then Larry the Lobster, first time appearance of Larry the Lobster, invites SpongeBob and Sandy to come lift some weights, not knowing that SpongeBob is not particularly good at that. So after a few unimpressive attempts, our yellow sponge buddy, he rips his pants and he makes everyone laugh. Is that going to get to SpongeBob's head? Yes, it will. May I help you? I'll take a banana split. Uh, we don't have that. That's okay. I already split my pants. Get it? <laughs> Tee-hee. Anything else? How about clipball? <laughs> no thanks? Already got one. What did you think rewatching this as an adult? Overall thoughts, go. I ripped my pants. Um, I, you know, again, like I couldn't stop laughing. There were so many amazing moments that I have come to associate with SpongeBob, like throughout the years, like especially this weightlifting obsession, which we got introduced to in the pilot with the stuffed animals on his mm-hmm. on his little barbell, um, mm-hmm. and something that he just can't do. He couldn't even hold the stick. It was just so beautiful and perfect, but also, um. It, it was very relatable. You know, I think like, you know, me, I had to do weightlifting in high school and I will tell you that it was not a wonderful experience for me. Uh-huh. Um, and so I maybe like would have loved to, you know, take a page out of SpongeBob book and just become like rip my pants. And then like maybe all of those jocks who were watching me would have been like, ha ha, he's the funny kid. Instead, I was just like, I'm never going to that again. And I'm going to, I'm going to skip weightlifting because I think it's a pointless class. And like, why am I taking weightlifting with the entire football team um so i don't know i just felt very it felt very relatable to me and so Mm -hmm. it felt like very much like um you know he's other in this situation and when he becomes a part of it he gets this taste of what it tastes like to be a part of and Mm -hmm. then he's like i'm gonna keep this no matter what it takes yes also relatable also relatable as a from like the performer side of it 
right? From from getting that 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 ta- that taste of the um of an audience. That's that's yes. what I love about this too, right? You're you're talking about the weightlifting club. You're talking about one group that SpongeBob is not a part of, but he does something to find a way in. But mm-hmm. then we're also talking about the performer side of it and what that can do. I mean. I'm sure that Frankie, you've got stories. I've got stories. The first time when you're a little kid and like you get a laugh yes. or you make classmates laugh or you, yeah. you know, you're, you're on stage and like you get a reaction. That's powerful. Yep. It's powerful. So this is also a great lesson, I think, to not let that get to your head. And it's like, also, I was thinking about like, you know, old time comedy kings and queens who, you know, are on the stage and they're like, um, you know, telling the same jokes and like mm-hmm. realizing later in their career that less and less people are laughing mm. at that at that same punchline. And mm-hmm. then they come off and then like, I, I'm basically thinking of hacks, you know, and like the, the you know, the <laughs> agent comes up and is like, you know, your material isn't funny anymore. And she was like, I used to kill, I used to kill on that stage. And, yep. then, and it's like, yeah, well, it doesn't anymore because you're saying the same thing things you need to get fresh material um and that's it's very, very relatable yeah as, as yeah. a performer that is very relatable to me it's the same thing i feel like sometimes i'm like I, I you know even when you you know have a catchphrase or something and it just mm-hmm. keeps you know i'm like is this right is this funny anymore like i don't even know can i sing shine bright like a frankie at my next one man show i'm not quite sure you know maybe frankie, i think you can i think you can okay <laughs> all right i will so, yeah catchphrases are are definitely fall into that category i mean Bart Simpson, I don't think he said don't have a cow past like season two, right? you know, and they're on, they're on season 32 now because it's, it's, you know, even a long lived show like the Simpsons, they knew we can't just have these characters say their catchphrases over and over and over again. Yep. Uh, they, they, they have to retire them for a little bit, maybe bring them back for a great reference, a great joke, and then continue to retire them. Smart. So, um, so there's just a lot to love in this episode. It ends with a great song, you know, one yes. of the great original SpongeBob songs with this great, like, like. You know, you were just there, this great kind beach of fifties Beach yeah. Boys, Hawaii, like, you know, beach culture, sort yep. of like a like a surf culture vibe, tiki vibe. I love it. I think it's so great. Really sweet, but with the misfits, with the outcast outcasts uh-huh. who just like wanted to be a part of. And then of course they get to, you know, very glee, be the stars of, of everything. They're like oh, very these glee. Little, these like outcasts, you know, came together and made a song and now they're the cool kids. And everyone's like, Oh, we love you. And you say and why? Why? Why are they the cool kids? Not because they are famous, but because they sang about the truth, mm-hmm. which was so beautiful. Be true to yourself is the end lesson and yep. message, which is very beautifully delivered through the song and then through Sandy Cheeks at the end. And she's like, that's it, SpongeBob. And the reason we're so proud of you is because you sang about the truth, which is be yes. true to yourself and then we will all love you and laugh. That's also even the great key to great comedy is that the best comedy is also like the most honest authentic exactly exactly and that's you know that's a lesson when you learn as a kid too if you are a kid a young person and you're like a performer and you're trying to get into the world of comedy Mm. there is something that clicks in your brain where like you think i'm going to repeat funny jokes i'm going to do these kinds of impressions i'm going to do things that i think will make people laugh and it may it might but at one point you start to realize you're like oh the things that make people really laugh at impressions is that you tap into some truth of a person or a persona. And the thing that makes people laugh when you're doing comedy, and I kind of found a little bit of this path doing improv comedy when I was younger, and I eventually did that when I moved to LA and stuff. The funniest improv scenes I had seen on stage, Frankie, are the ones that 
that usually don't even have like an outrageous character, but just like a real honest truth in there. And the audience just loses it. They're like, oh no, this yeah. is so real. And it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. The same thing comes with hosting too. Like for mm-hmm. me, you know, like the, if I plan a joke in my head, like mm-hmm. it's not going to land. But if it comes to me in the moment and it's just because I'm like up there, like speaking my truth, then everyone is laughing. And that's, that's the best part. So I think that we're in agreement that the most heartfelt moment, the most SpongeBobby moment of this episode is that song at the end is yes. the moment with Sandy Cheeks is the resolution, the great lesson. None of it felt after school special, you know, we've no. seen that lesson a thousand times before. Be yourself. We've seen mm-hmm. it in everything. But this one, it's, it still works. It's still, still really great. So that's the most heartfelt moment. Frankie, what's the funniest moment? What's the funniest moment in this episode? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I love when he pops over to ask for the marshmallows and then he, st- and then he can't <laughs> lift the stick with the marshmallows two on it. Marshmallows. Two. Yes, two. <laughs> marshmallows and he thinks and it's just he's so excited to show everyone and then he just can't even get it off the ground and then he rips his pants obviously but um i just i i love the fact that he's gonna try he tries to impress people and he goes like and all of a sudden there's this guy that's just like happens to be roasting marshmallows like you know a million (laughs) feet away and it's just i just i laughed so hard that made me giddy what about what about you hector I, well, I, I, I kind of have a, 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 the funniest moment for me is tied into a moment in the show, which is that this, this episode in particular has a lot of enduring legacy things about it. We have Larry the Lobster being Ugh, introduced the and he's a classic standby supporting character in the cast. And then we also have some fantastic incidental characters introduced we've got perch perkins he's a big deal character he's the sort of on you know in the field news reporter yeah but my favorite frankie my favorite incidental character yeah in the entirety of spongebob squarepants in the entire spongebob universe is in this episode and i think it's the funniest moment and it is a character who has now been known to be called scooter the dude <laughs> who is the incidental fish character that goes, ha ha ha, that was too funny. You are hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. my dude. <laughs> yeah. That guy kills me every yeah. time. I learned that he is voiced by Carlos Alasraki, who is Rocco in Rocco's Modern Life, no and he's way. in Reno 911, and he was the voice of the Taco Bell Chihuahua, and he is a another voice acting living legend. And he and Tom Kenny were old friends And Carlos may have been one of the people that got Tom Kenny into voice acting to begin with, which is this amazing, like, what? How did you guys know each other? This is great. So we're going to have to ask Tom whenever we get a chance to talk to him. And hopefully we can even have Carlos on the show, talk to him and just talk about how they sort of got into the world of VO because they're so, so funny. And there were these great uh, performers and Tom Kenny had a a background in stand-up comedy talking about all of this. But when Scooter the Dude says, ha 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 ha, yeah. <laughs> it's such a, and, and you're so right, because that also made me completely giggle and chuckle. And then I, of course, yeah, you, he exists forever and ever and ever now. Mm-hmm. And you get to hear his voice. And I love your knowledge of things like this. That makes me so <laughs> excited and so happy that you know, like the inside and outs, whereas like, you know, like I, I watch and I'm such a huge fan, but like, you know, mm-hmm. the actors and the things and that's a You're, you're just a, Hector studied this, by the way, just so yes, everyone knows. Yes, I did. I did. I'm going to be on Scooter Watch going forward. Next okay. time Scooter shows up, you got to we got to talk about it because he's my favorite incidental character. I'm excited for my leg. I yeah. can't wait for my leg. <laughs> my leg. Ooh, we're for Frankie's Fun Marine Biology, biology Corner. corner. 
Yeah, what do you got? Mm -hmm. um, so I always was fascinated by the fact that there is an ocean under the ocean, mm -hmm. which I think is like, <laughs> I was literally like, that's ridiculous as a kid. And then I blue learned something lagoon. called, yes, blue, blue lagoon. lagoon is an ocean <laughs> under the ocean. Um, mm -hmm. And what I learned is there's something called the halocline level, which is actually does exist. There are what? oceans under the ocean. What? Where, yeah, the salinity factor between the uh, top water and the bottom water is different. And so there's literally an ocean. There's like no. another there's like another line of water. Look it up. The pictures are stunning. It's called halocline level. H-A-L-O-C-L-I-N-E. I think you're I can't spell. blowing my mind because I thought for sure one of the fantastical elements of the world of SpongeBob SquarePants Bikini Bottom was that there is no ocean under the ocean. That is blowing. No, there is. My mind. Yeah, That's I don't know that it can w have waves because uh -huh. it's pretty low down. But but there is an ocean under the ocean situation, and that's kind of unless cool. there's also a moon under the ocean, which causes yes, the, the yes, waves. Right, and causes right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, about thank that. you, Professor Frankie. I You're didn't. Welcome. I honestly did not know that. That's so awesome. I, I would love to also find out if, in the making of ripped pants, if this was a true story to anyone on the crew. Any of the creators, oh, yeah, Stephen Hillenberg. I hope I hope Stephen Hillenberg never ripped his pants in public. It is embarrassing, and I would love to know where that idea came from. Because I literally did. I was the because I'm a dancer, so my legs were really strong in the weightlifting class. So like mm -hmm. all the all the like football jocks were like extremely impressed that I could squat a lot of weight. <laughs> so like I could see that have happening to me while I'm showing off my squats to mm -hmm. the football team. This sounds ridiculous, but it is very true. So I would love to know what. Yeah. Me too. I would love to yeah. get to the bottom of what actually caused them to write this episode. The closest I can think of for me, if I'm going to get real real, I had never peed my pants in public when I was a little <laughs> kid, but I peed my pants at my cousin's house. Almost just as embarrassing. If, in <laughs> fact, maybe even more because your, your relatives are there and you're like, no, I peed no, my pants. You don't know what to do. Don't you're know what to do. You're don't like, know what to do. I don't know how to put this in the drying machine right now. And like, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> I don't know how to oh. use a dryer. I'm a little baby kid. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> So funny. Uh, I need an adult, and they're all here, and I'm too embarrassed. Um, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So, and those things stick with us, don't they? They really do. Yeah, I just brought it up ever. on a podcast that maybe yeah. millions of people will listen to. Now they know I peed my pants. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. I don't know. I don't remember my first peeing my pants, but I'm, I no, know it boy. happened. So, you, it's it, fine. Ha it happens to everybody. It happens. Yeah. You, hear, you hear that, kids? It happens to everybody. It's fine. The trick yeah. is, is to not, if you're making somebody laugh about it, let it go to your head. That's the key yes, thing. Don't so, keep peeing your pants during every situation so people laugh at you. <laughs> that is uh, the classic episode, Ripped Pants. Yeah. So much fun. I loved Squidward's, uh, the impression that Spongebob did of Squidward at the oh, beginning, yes. which was so great. It was so, so of great. Of course. Nailed it. <laughs> I, love I love that. I love when these voice actors get to get to do little send-ups of each other. I think yeah. it's great. Um, so yeah, so that was Ripped Pants. A fantastic, fantastic, fantastic episode. Has given us a lot to think about for yes. future interviews and discussions that we get to have. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm going to be on scooter watch scooter yes. the dude look out because you're my favorite and I, i'm gonna be standing you anytime you show up and frankie's gonna be looking for the my leg guy i can't wait i can't <laughs> wait and also just live this message guys be true to yourself live your authentic life um like hector said earlier if you are an actor or comedian try to go to the real places because those yeah. are the things that people are going to gravitate towards you the most about is when you are real authentic and true so yeah a lovely a lovely spongebob message that i can say um i have found uh rings true in my life so the lessons are find your joy and be truthful. Find your joy. Be truthful. Let joy into your life. 
like Frankie said, thank you so much for listening, guys. See you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye.